In this episode of Upward Calling, we talk about the idol of success, both material and spiritual. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Friday. How you doing, Josh? I'm great, Kenny. Been a great day so far and uh, looking forward to coming back with the uh, congregation tonight to, to sing some. Yeah, that sounds great. Today you were talking about a success, which was something I really appreciated. You started off, you really had two major points. The first one was uh, what, what you talked about with material success, which I think is a really important way to think about success. But you also talked about spiritual success. Why do you think material success is so important for us to be wary of? Where this sermon went, it evolved over the week. And if you'll recall, for the last two podcasts, uh, you asked me where I was going in this series. And I talked about how we were going to look at gods of power, god of money, you know, something along those lines, dealing with physical material success. And the sermon evolved, and it evolved because of what I was looking at with the, with the story of the rich young ruler. Now, mm-hmm. why do we start with material success? Well, clearly, it's an issue. Uh, yeah. That that does become a god. It becomes an idol to us. Mark Twain uh, once wrote, some men worship rank, some worship heroes, some worship power, some worship God, and over these ideals, they dispute and cannot unite, but they all worship <laughs> money. Yeah, that's and that's true. It's a cross culture. Doesn't matter who your God is, whether or not you're worshiping Jehovah God or, or you worship Allah or, or whoever. Material possessions, material wealth, things of this life are always going to be vying for our attention. That is clearly a principle in Scripture. Uh, I referenced Matthew six twenty four this morning. You cannot serve both God and Mammon or God and wealth. Right. So that is something that all of us have to be on our guard against. Mm -hmm. But the reason why the sermon evolved is in in some way I kind of saw it as as low-hanging fruit. Okay, yes, if we're going to talk about idolatry, well, we have to talk about money because in our culture, that's that's really the only idol we think about. I don't have a a statue of Baal in my house, but I've got a nice car. Uh, I I don't worship an Asherah pole, but I'm going to build a bigger house. And so we think of the material wealth and material things of this life as the idol that we have to combat against. Yeah. And Kenny, maybe I should have just spent all morning, you know, talking about that because it's certainly a principle in scripture. But as I was going through the story of the rich young ruler, what was impressed upon me was, yes, material possessions were certainly an issue for him. And and ultimately, he turns aside from Jesus and is sad as he turns aside because he has all these possessions. But there's that spiritual component of his story as well that kind of came to intrigue me more and, and certainly is one that I know so many of us identify with. I thought that was actually really clever the way you used that as your example. And then you showed us how spiritual success and and maybe I wouldn't call it this, the pride in our spiritual lives, that that we are so proud that we are awfully spiritual, how that can be just as big a a trap, maybe even a bigger trap, especially to people who go to church on a regular basis, who are largely espousing Christianity. That's a very good way to look at that. 
explain to me, especially for somebody who didn't hear your lesson, how can obeying God's commands become a problem? I didn't have time to even use this uh, in the lesson this morning. But in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus makes this statement in chapter 7 of Matthew in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name Mm -hmm. and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Mm-hmm. I tell you, something I came back to time and again in the sermon this morning was talking about how the rich young ruler and what little bit we know about him seemed to have operated from a place of great sincerity. Yes. You know, he, he had done the commandments of God, obeyed them, you know, as best as he could. And he's asking Jesus on this occasion, you know, what else do I need to do? And again, right. from a very sincere place, uh, he 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 loves God in his mind. He wants to do what God wants him to do. I don't know that Jesus is not addressing the same kind of people in that passage. They have done so many things that they, they can read in Scripture and they say, I know God wants me to do this and, and God empowers me to do this. So I'm going to go and, and I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to do them in the name of the Lord. And that's great. We don't have time in this podcast to go back and examine the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, but particularly chapter 5, where you start with the Beatitudes, and then you you go into Jesus exposing the righteousness of that day and comparing it to the righteousness of the kingdom, Yeah, and it's all character. Yeah, it, It's all a matter of, has my character been conformed to the image of God or not? Yeah. And I think when Jesus is saying this in Matthew chapter 7, he's looking at people that for whatever reason, they they thought to themselves, so long as I do these things that, that God wants me to, th- then this is a success. Yeah. I'm not letting God mold my character. We, we kind of missed the point then. Yeah, I really agree with you. I, the thing that I've thought about with the rich young ruler, and this might be my harebrained idea, Jesus and his ministry during his lifetime never really had legitimacy. But here's a rich young man who did. And I feel like in some ways, he had the power, he had the wealth, he had the influence. And it almost seems to me like he's telling Jesus, here, I'll let you borrow some of my influence. I'll let you borrow some of my power. I will put my money behind you. Jesus didn't need to be patronized. What Jesus says is, why don't you divest yourself of your power? And why don't you accept the power that comes with being a child of God? Again, I think you're exactly right. I think he legitimately wanted to help Jesus in his way, but he couldn't get rid of the things that gave him influence everywhere else. Does that make sense? This is really one of those episodes, um, you know, the, the Bible is so sparse in its details and so many yeah. of these stories, you know, uh, Kenny, we can, we can add these questions to the list of questions we want to ask in heaven someday. It's like, give me, give me more background on this story. I'd really like to know, you know, I need to flesh out his motivation. Instead of the movie, let's get the Netflix series on, on the rich young ruler so we can explore all these things more. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Well, let me ask you this. Um, if doing what God says can become an idol in and of itself, and I, I agree that it can, 
what should we be doing? Well, you know, you and I even use the, the, the term doing and obeying because that's been something very important to us. Uh, mm-hmm. Our backgrounds, an emphasis on obeying the commands of God, which is not, by the way, a bad emphasis. That's a, that's a good emphasis to do yeah. what God yeah. says. Kenny, I'll take it back to, you know, you and I often talk about how things affect our kids. You know, yeah. I've, I've got two two sons. Uh, neither one of them have obeyed the gospel yet. Mm-hmm. They're good kids, though. Um, yeah. They, they, they make good decisions for the most part. They, they talk about what they do in, in, in terms of, you know, does God like this or not? Uh, and so, you know, I'm proud of them. Mm-hmm. At some point, Lord willing, they're going to obey the gospel. And I'm going to be proud mm-hmm. of them for that. I'm going to be thankful to God for that. And then over time, I'm going to witness kind of aspects of their life and even, you might say, kind of goals and markers that they meet. You know, there's going to be something that they struggle with. Maybe it's a temptation or some kind of trial, and they're going to come through it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to think, that's great. I'm going to tell them how proud I am of them and, and, and how, you know, how proud I am of the, their love for God and that they, you know, combated this. Mm-hmm. Uh they're going to get up and, and lead a song at church or they're going to make a talk. <laughs> and, and I'm going to commend them for that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them, you know, how much, you know, serving in this way is important. And I'm gonna, maybe I'm going to witness a, a good action that they, they do. They serve somebody else, whether it's older or younger. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commend them for that and say, yes, this is what God wants us to do. Kenny, have I done anything wrong in all that? No, 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 absolutely not. Okay. I think we all do that. Yeah, But I think we can also kind of see that if we're not careful, what we've transformed character development into is, all right, there's there's this list of, of markers that I want my kids to hit. And as I see them, you know, check those boxes and, and achieve those various things, I thank them. I thank God. I congratulate them. I encourage them, whatever, however you want to put it. But I've kind of just focused on these markers, which are mm-hmm. which are easy things to do. Right. I, you know, you'd have to listen to the sermon this morning to kind of get the um, the story about uh, grades and my parents and how they reacted to a, a bad report card. Right. But it took me a while to understand that what my parents were not interested in was me having all A's every time. In fact, Kenny, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll follow that story up with this one. Uh, when I went to college, first semester of college, I had chemistry and calculus <laughs> and came home with B's Yeah, and thought my parents who in my mind, I had, had come with away with the impression that they must have never made less than an A in their life because of how, <laughs> how they, they kind of worked me in high school. And, and I thought they, you know, they're going to be so disappointed. I just remember my dad opening my grades and looking at them and saying, I wish I had made these kinds of grades when I was in college. And I'm thinking, who are you? Who is this person who's <laughs> saying this to me? And so it, it took a while for me to understand that what my parents were interested in was not necessarily that, okay, I made these grades. No, they were interested in me taking ownership of my future of understanding that I had abilities and talents. And if I applied myself, good things would come. Mm -hmm. 
what I have to get across to my kids and to myself is, it's not about did I simply do what God says today and, and avoid some other things. God is interested in my developing to be more and more in his image. Right. Obeying his commandments is a part of that. It's a big part of that. But it's deeper than that. It's it's looking at him, looking at his son, and, and seeing that in obeying those commandments and, and in staying away from sin, that is helping me to become what he wants me to become. And does that make any sense? I may have rambled there a little no, bit. No, you didn't ramble. I think one of the things, it, it, started, it sparks a lot of uh, thoughts in my head as well. I, I think you're exactly right. I think the New Testament, in my opinion, was put in place not to give us a checklist of things to do, but to develop us into a into the character of God. The idea of of being becoming more like God does have specific actions that you can take that will get you closer. But it, it's kind of like being on a firefighter team, and your job is to is to unreal the hose. Your job is to turn on the hydrant. Your job is to is to uh, uh, use the axe, but really the job is to put the fire out. And if you get too focused on any one of those things, you forget the point. Uh, our job is to become more like God, not because God is a narcissist, not because he needs, needs us to emulate him. It's because we need to emulate him. He doesn't need us, we need him. And the more that we're like him, the better off we are. I, I've used this example a billion times, Josh. I, growing up, I, I, I think about reasons that I was obedient to my dad, and at the beginning it was fear of punishment. After a little while, it was it was uh, getting excited about a reward. But now that I'm a little bit older, it's just because I love my dad. It's not like the fear of punishment wasn't real. It's still there. It's not like that I'm not excited about going to heaven. I really am. But there, there should come a point in your development where, where you appreciate that you're being molded in the image of God because you love God. Does that make any sense? It does. And what came to my mind, you know, if, if we think of men who could have listed their spiritual accomplishments and, and presented this to God, like here it is, you know, Paul is one of those that comes to our mind. Yeah. And yet it's Paul who says, I press on every day. I, yeah. I forget, I forget what I've done and I keep pressing on the upward call. <laughs> I, I'm trying to attain the resurrection from the right. dead, you know, but every day, because I think Paul looked at his life every day and still saw, I'm still not God. I am not Jesus Christ. I am doing everything that I believe he wants me to. I'm following him in the best that I can. But every day I'm looking forward to how does my character need to be developed and shaped by God so that I'm becoming what he said I should become. You also referenced Mark's telling of the rich young ruler story. There's an important detail that you pointed out, which is it says that Jesus loved him. While we're striving for this, there doesn't come a point where God doesn't love us, where God isn't pulling for us, where God isn't saying, here are the parts of your character you need to kill to become more like me. And by the way, 
I love you. I really love what you're doing. I love what you're striving for. I want you to get there. Does that, <laughs> does that make sense? Absolutely. Well, we can't forget in all this speaking of doing uh, and of character molding and development, the reality is no one becomes new without God. Yeah. The, the, the power to give life was God's from the beginning. The power to give new life is still God's. Yeah. What we believe happens in our relationship with God in Christ is that we are made anew. Mm-hmm. And because we're made anew, we follow him. I hesitate to say working with him because I don't want to give the impression that we are of such caliber and what we can do is is of such magnitude that it can be put on par with what God does. That's not my that's not my intent, right? But clearly, as God has left instructions and God has said, "This is my character, and I want you to follow after me," there's always a recognition that. One day when we hope to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, that the, the still the reason why I can enter in that reward wasn't because of, of how great I am and of all the things I did. It's because of God, what he's done for us in our lives, what he's done for us in Christ, how he's allowed us uh, to reshape our character after his image. All these things come from him. Here's an easy question. How does this help us reach the goal of God's upward call? I would love to give, you know, a a one, two, three, here's the application, go and do this. But that kind of defeat the point of the sermon, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> to say, okay, because that's what the rich young ruler wanted. He wanted, hey, tell yeah. me, tell me what to go do and, I, and I'll do it. Perhaps as I'm reading uh, the scriptures, and it's always good when we read. You know, I, I sometimes suggest to people as you're reading, have a have a list of questions that you're trying to answer from that mm-hmm. text. You know, one of the questions could be, you know, is there a command in this passage that I need to obey? Uh, is there a sin in this passage that I need to avoid? Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing to do. Having active reading uh, from that standpoint. But the question that I should always be asking is, what does this tell me about God? Mm-hmm. Whether I'm reading a narrative of, of Jesus on this earth, or I'm reading about how God handled his people in the Old Testament, or I'm reading how God was faithful to his people in the New Testament, what does this passage teach me about God? And if I'm learning something about God, then I'm also learning something about what he wants me to be. Right. Because he wants me to be like him. See if you agree with this as well. As you read and understand more about God, it should make you more grateful. Find reasons to be grateful. Not entitled, but but grateful for the blessings that we have. When you look at God in that way, for me, it changes everything. Yeah, and that takes us back to that first area of success that, again, we didn't spend as much time on. Right, but the one we know and and we've kind of known for a long time is our idol, that material success. But you're right. If if I allow gratitude toward God and understanding that whatever I'm able to receive in this life, ultimately I need to be thankful to God for that. Then that allows me then to ask the question: Okay, if if I'm thankful to God for this, then what does God want me to do with this? Right. How, how would God, who, I, who I'm saying I'm thankful to, how would God want me to utilize these blessings? So what are you going to be preaching on next week? Kenny, let me ask you, 
Sure. Right, I, I do not want to allow this series on idolatry to to reach the level of, okay, we're, we're done with idols now. We've uncovered more idols than Indiana Jones ever dreamed of uncovering. Uh, so I, I don't want to, to get to that point. So what I'm thinking, you let okay. me know if you think this is bad or good or if you're indifferent. Okay. I would like to do one more lesson in this vein, you know, looking at the different gods that we're dealing with, the different idols that we're dealing with. So we dealt with pleasure last week. Uh, we dealt with success this week. The one I'm leaning toward for next week is the, the God of my own viewpoint. <laughs> that's the one that people will throw things at me for. They, they haven't for these other two, but that's, that's the one because everybody's got a viewpoint. Uh, everybody's right, right, got right. an opinion. And then after that one, I want to wrap things up because I want to go back to some Old Testament passages. If idol is this chief sin in the Old Testament, then there are ramifications of idolatry. There are long-term consequences for idolatry that mm-hmm. I want to explore. So I don't, I don't know. Am I, am, I pressing, am I pressing my luck uh, trying to, <laughs> to go this much further? Okay. I think that's also a great idea. Great. Now I'm going to start next week's sermon by saying Kenny said it was okay to keep going with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to look forward to that. I'll be I'll, I'll be interested to see how what direction you take with that. Me too, because I don't know yet. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we talk about it again next week? Excellent. Sounds good. All righty, man. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. We have all our information at universitychurchofchrist.org. And we listed the sermon we reference in today's episode in the show notes. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.